Last week, I started a message that I titled, My Enemies War. My enemy. My enemy. Amen. And I said that in life, everybody needs an enemy to move on. Amen. The Bible says that, woe unto you if all men speak well of you. If you are here and at the workplace, in church, wherever you go, people speak well of you. Nobody speaks anything bad about you. I'm telling you, there's something you are doing wrong. Amen. Because whatever you are doing well to somebody, you are doing wrong. So in life, if you find everybody speaking well of you, let me tell you, you are in danger. You are in danger. Amen. I get what I'm saying. And there are some of us believers who want people just to be praising her, praising her, praising her, praising her. We don't want anybody to criticize us. Amen. I get to the point. And I say that Joseph was a good man, a man with deep revelation, but his own brothers became an enemy and they sold him out to the Ishmaelites to be sent to Egypt. They thought that they were doing the guy bad or Envying the guy or destroying the guy, but God was also sending Joseph ahead of them to do what? To preserve your own life. So you must understand that in life, enemies will come, but when enemies come, God sometimes uses the same enemies as change agents to elevate you. Amen. Amen. And that's what I'm saying. Amen. Everybody over here needs friends to succeed. How many of you believe that? You need a friend to succeed. But if you want to succeed very well, you need critics, you need enemies. Amen. So friends will cause you to succeed, but enemies will coax you to succeed very well. So, if you are afraid to succeed, they will come to church and tell the man of God, how old is this church? And you, ask, you gather people like this, oh, that's very good. Oh, that's very good. You are really doing work. You are really doing success. They are talking about your success. But wait until an enemy come over here and start criticizing you. This one is my member. This one too is my member. This one too is my member. Even the principal of fellowship crowd will take it from you. We paid first. All these prayer people have been praying is not even working. The preaching crowd don't see what is going on. You are there taking people's money and doing these things. All the youth are run. They are destroying and they say you are doing church. It provoke your spirit to do more. Because to them, you are doing nothing in the community. And as a church, they may be speaking the truth that you are not doing anything in the community. So when they come criticizing you, 
You are not doing anything in the community. People are perishing. People are perishing. You know, if people will make sure people live here, it provoke your spirit. Like, hey, Charlie, boys, we need to do something. We need to enter into the community now. In entering into the community, when people come to church, the church doesn't cease this way again. The church is back. Why? You entered into the community to affect life. Who did that? An enemy. It was the statement of an enemy that provoked you to do more. And that is why you need friends to succeed, but you need enemies to succeed very well. I get to the point. The trouble we have as Christians, or many of us over here, the trouble we have is that we want to go down with praises rather than to be safe and go up with critics. I get it. So this is it. Pastor Noriko is flirting with somebody's husband. She's threatening somebody's husband. Threatening somebody's husband. Let me have the third husband. Third husband, come. Come here. Okay, you stand here. You, you are called standby husband. Now, listen. She's threatening somebody's husband. Threatening somebody's husband. Then, Pastor Noriko comes to me as a friend. They say, Charlie. I've catch a new one. I say, which new one? I say, oh, is it the, uh, the one, the apostle, that one in church? Oh, say, that one, I clear him. You clear him? Then he said, what about the other pastor? The one he said, what is the pastor? Joseph? He said, that one, I clam long time. Then I asked, which one have you got right? So I've gotten even the assistant pastor right now. Now listen to the, this thing. In sharing these things, these are bad things that he's sharing to me. These are men of God, and these are pastors, and these are people's husband. But he's flirting with them. And as a friend, the moment he tells me that I've not gotten the assistant pastor, is the one that I'm working on right now. Then as a friend, I say, hey, get shit. Hey, Cynthia, for you, for you, you, ah, that's the way you do all. Anytime, anytime I see you, some energy, energy. How do you do this thing that you can be clean this thing? I, mean, I want to even when I can't get it. And you're clean like that. You, you know what is the secret? What is it? You know, it's praising you to your downfall. The person is praising you. But just wait. As a matter of time, you fall. And that's what people, some of us want. We want to be praised. To our downfall. We don't want to be criticized to go up. We don't want to be criticized to be saved. So this is this. I come and test me. I've clear. I've clear. I've gotten the last one. Say, you are doing that thing. And you call yourself that you are a believer. So you come to church. Change people's husband. And you are proud of that. Where's your husband? He oh, that is the one there. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> As a good friend, I must tell you the truth. 
But sometimes because people criticize us and tell us the truth, for us to be saved, we don't like it. And sometimes God will plant enemies that will come around. You may see it as enemies, but God doesn't see it as enemy. God sees them as change agent. They come around, talk about you. Every step they talk about it. Every step they talk about it. You are flirting in the church. You are doing this thing. You get angry. Now, I will not go to church again. You sit home. You come back to church. And he said, This thing, I think I need to give up. And one day you decided to give up on it and serve God and move with your husband. The reason why you could give up and click to your husband is because an enemy became a change agent of you stopping all this rubbish you are doing to become your right self. Wow. I get to the point. So, as believers, we must be ready to walk and understand that enemies are all over. Nobody prays for an enemy. They will come natural. Jesus never prayed in a prayer. Father, release my enemies. He never prayed that prayer. But he had a lot of enemies. Before and after his birth. Before and after death and resurrection. Enemies. Even to today, sitting at the right side of the Father, he still has enemies. So enemies will not stop until Christ comes. Amen. Amen. So enemies, they come into our life for change. And remember, not all. Because some of them must die by fire. Some of them must also live by fire. Which means that they are living by fire is tormenting them. But they have changed our agent. I get to the point. Amen. And today we are going to enter into the word of God for you to understand that when enemies come around you, God uses them as change agents. If that enemy hadn't come into your marriage to tell your husband, do you know that your wife is flirting? He said, eh, flirting. He said, oh, she's my friend. She's my friend. But you know, we've been friends for 28 years now. Your wife is flirting. I didn't want to tell you. But when I look at you, a nice man like this, and your wife is flirting, cheating on you, I can't stand it. So I decided these days, I want to just obey the voice of God. And I didn't to tell you, your wife is flirting. That is the reason why your wife doesn't respect you. When he say, ah, he say, ah, ah. When he say, hey, he say, hey, hey. That's your wife is disrespectful. And being a man, you also hear the teacher. Ah. For about three years now, my wife has become very disrespectful. She doesn't respect. She doesn't cook. She, she has the audacity to come and call me. Put rice on fire. But who are you? That when you are a man, you cook. What is wrong with it? And because of that, you come to the point of understanding that the reason why my wife doesn't respect me is because she's cheating. And your husband come after you. Oh, I understand. So all this you be telling me it is true. That's why you don't respect me. And comment, comment, comment. You know something? 
I'm going to see your family. This marriage will come to an end. Come to, to come to an end. To come to an end. Who is still this thing? An enemy. Ah, this enemy told your husband, your wife will never stop disrespecting you. The day she starts respecting you, it means that she has stopped doing the nonsense. Because that's what she told me that no, the day I decided that I don't want to cheat and I don't want to do all this thing, I will respect my husband. And when your husband told you this thing, you don't even know who did that. But that is the closest friend. That's the same friend you went to say, Equia. Hmm. This is what my husband told me. Say, hey, your husband told you this. Okay, I've been telling you. I've been telling you that when you wake up, wake up, don't call me. Let's pray. Me, I saw this thing. No. I saw this thing. Your husband is a good man, but an enemy is doing this thing. Let's pray. It's the same person. Now, listen to that. But so doing, because you have heard this thing, it challenges you now to make sure you now sit on your toe. To make sure all this disrespect that you've shown to your husband is being changed. Why? Because that is the what your husband is now using as a yes seed to confirm that you are cheating. So as a woman, it changes your lifestyle. Let me learn how to respect my husband. Let me learn how to honor my husband. Let me learn how to believe my husband. In so doing, your marriage goes on. Who did the magic? The person that did the magic was an enemy. The enemy became what? Your change what? Agent. He thought that he was destroying you. But God was using him. As a change agent to restore your marriage, to restore that business, to bring revival into the church. And that is why Joseph said, You made it for evil, but God has turned it to my good. Amen. And as I'm saying, we need them to survive. Me, I have a lot of enemies. Because as a prophet of God, we have enemies. I, love one, I know one prophet in Ghana. That professor to one lady and said, let me prophesy to you. That's why these things, when you're prophesying, you need a lot of wisdom. There are certain things you cannot say it in church today. Prophesying to the lady, go to the lady and said, your husband, your husband is flirting. He's flirting with one lady. Mention the name, the name of the lady and where the lady lives. The woman also got home. Say, Ko, sit down. Who is this lady? From this so and so place. And the man knows very well that what they are saying is true. He said, he said I went to church today. Professor so and so told me. You know what happened? I will not mention the name of the church. Very big church in Ghana. They have to move the pastor over there to another country. This story I'm saying, I'm sure that people watching me, they know this story. One day, this man hired people. They came to church. After service, the pastor came out from the, they put gun in, shot him. The blood hit his arm or so. He survived. As if it was not enough. They came back again another time when the wound was healed. The second one, they nearly killed him. So they have to quickly move him from that place to another place. Amen. One prophecy. What was the prophet doing? Trying to make sure somebody's house is being prepared very well. But in doing that thing too, it was destroying something. 
That's why prophecy sometimes you must use wisdom. I, I understand what I'm saying. Amen. We must get all these things very well. Because in so doing, if you don't take time, you mess things up rather. I get to the point. Amen. So we must understand that as church, enemies will come around. I have a lot of enemies. I have a lot of enemies. Even in, in the headquarters, Ghana, there are some times people can just pass. I remember the first time we fixed air conditioning in the church. One of my, my son, I don't know whether right now today is my son or not, came to me and said, Daddy, God said I should buy you a car. I said, car? What car do you want? I said, me, one car that I want to drive before I leave this earth, Lincoln Navigator. He said, that car is expensive. And I said, no, if you don't have the money, why do you come to ask me? Then he said, God said I should give you a car. I said, boy, listen to me. Listen to me. The car that is coming is mine. Whatever I use the car for is not your business. But if God says you should buy the car, how much money do you have to buy that car? He mentioned the money and I said, please listen to me. We don't have air conditioning in the church here. Use that money. Buy air conditioning for the church, brother. He said, no, 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 no. God said I should buy a car. And I said, I've received the car. But convert the money into air conditioning for me. If it's a greedy pastor, you will take a car because that one is a personal use. The air conditioning is not my personal use for the church. So he came, the next day, fixed air conditioning in the whole church at the expense of my car. People don't understand anything. I get to the point. Amen. And when he fixed the air conditioning, people pass by. And when they pass, what kind of church is this? What kind of two noise is this? Church two fixing air conditioning. But you have one in your bedroom and you are comfortable. <laughs> but you think that when people come to church, they shouldn't feel good. What kind of Christian mentality is this? A Christian, you are dressing this way, you put on this thing and put on trousers, going to church because they want you to wear mazi. How hey. come that a, a Christian, you have done your hair like that very long? Are you mommy water? If I'm mommy water, you are papa water. We have brought certain things into the kingdom. As like being a believer, you must act like an old man or old woman somewhere. I get to the point. Amen. We are making even young women to look like old women today because of religion. That's what I'm saying. And they were envy. What church is this? A condition. Condition. I was serving, but it didn't bother me. Recently, I heard that a man was passing. I think Apostle Abraham was in Ghana by then. When he poked to Ghana, a man was passing. Went in Ghana, they paced our meter. You don't have the meter like the way you have it in your room. Ours is outside. On the pole. The man was passing. Look at it. Came to the church. Went to ECG, the people that hand, handle this in our power. Went to them and went and told them that no, this church have been using this meter for some year, years now. They don't pay. Come and disconnect it. Oh. And the people also came foolishly. They also came. And they were disconnecting. When my, my personal assistant went, they said, what are you doing? They said, people don't pay. We are disconnecting. The guy went, they said, this is the receipt. Even last week, what we pay. Because they cannot understand that in this high time, you are buying electricity to power all this air condition. And even in your office. No, 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 no. These people, they are timing, timing the, the thing wrongly. 
The guy also came disconnecting the thing until the resident pastor went and said, What is wrong with you? He said, Yes, I'm disconnecting because people are not paying. Enviness. Envy what? Enviness. I remember the pipe we were using. Somebody came one day and said, I'm coming to disconnect. I said, Why? Well, I said, Somebody called us that you people use too much water. So people don't pay. Which, ah, what kind of decision is this? Church. There are people even in church that are enemies to the whole church. I had one pastor who became my strongest enemy. Why? I don't give him puppet to preach. And because I don't give him puppet to preach, I'm the only one preaching. He started ganging against the church. That the land that which we dwell in, they should take it from us. Amen. And started calling members. Your pastor is wicked. He's always traveling. People don't travel. You are mad. I called myself. I started traveling a long time before I started this church. But that is an enemy. That is why today pastors cannot even enjoy because they will target their church money. Amen. I called myself. Listen to me. I started travel a long time before I started church. I didn't start travel today. But they would target church money. And I said, you, you are ganking up against me. That's, they should take this church. When you say you are a pastor, you are also going to start your own. Hmm. That which you sow, you will reap. By so doing, it challenges me and the church to rise up on our feet and do more. Because with that, the oppositions of enemies, you'll be comfortable in your zone. I understand what I'm saying. Amen. In Luke chapter 6, reading from verse 12, very interesting what? Statement. Luke chapter 6. If you have the Amplified Bible Classic Edition, put it on the board for me. Do you have that one? Amplified Bible Classic Edition. If you have it, okay. You read it for me. You read the NIV. People will be reading the New King James Version. But read the, the class. I love, I love, I love it. Amplified Version. Especially the classic. Amplified Bible Classic what? Edition. Yes. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. He said what? Now in those days. It he said, now in those days. It occurred that he went up into a mountain. Who, who, who is he talking about? Who is he talking about? You don't read your Bible. That's like the way you don't go on social media. He said what? He went he up. He said in those days that he, Jesus, went out in, to what? Into a mountain. Into the mountain to what? To pray. pray. Jesus went onto a mountain to pray. Just for one thing. You will see it very soon. Hmm. Amen. I never thought that in the Bible, God himself that manifests himself in the flesh like Jesus will ever go into prayer in a mountain to pray for disciples and one of them was an enemy. He was praying to get disciples to work with. But whilst he was praying, he said, I need an enemy among them. 
He was praying for an enemy to be part. Because an enemy, that's why they were not too much. Only one enemy can cause your destiny to be fulfilled. You don't need too much. Then he said what? He went up and continued what? All night in prayer to God. All night. Some of you come over here Friday when we are praying. Friday is becoming very interesting. Last week, it, I don't know, this week, last two, three days or so, very interesting. Amen. And I'm going to continue again next week, um, Friday. It's, we are still continuing. Or coming Friday, I will continue again. Astral projection. Amen. Amen. We'll deal with it after that Sunday. We'll do communion. Amen. Amen. Then he said he continued what? All, All night, night in prayer to God. Verse 13. And when it was day, uh -huh. he summoned his disciples and said, And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And what? Whom he named apostles, special messengers. Ha. Who he names what? Apostles. apostles. He chose what? Twelve of them. Yeah. And called them what? Special messengers. Special what? Messengers. messengers. Yes, continue. They were Simon, whom he named Peter, mm -hmm. and his brother Andrew, mm -hmm. and James and John, mm -hmm. and Philip and Bartholomew. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Answer this question for a gift next week. Who was the first disciple Jesus chose or called? Who was the third Christ in the body? Put the third thing of media people. He said what? Oh, take that thing off. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, who can tell me? Who was the first disciple Jesus called? Eh? Who? Simon what? Simon Peter. And who again? Who said Peter? Who said Peter? Who said Peter? Simon what? Simon Peter. Okay. Who said Paul? Okay, let me ask this question. Is Simon Peter the first disciple Jesus called? Eh? Who? Mary. Who said Mary? Who, who, who said Mary? Prophet Eric, did you say Mary? Who said Mary? Eh? Paul. Eh? Amen. Listen to me, church. We have a long way to go. Amen. You have a long way to go. That is why I don't only pastor a prophetic church. Many of us that have seen me prophesying here or in Ghana or when I go out, most of you that were in Italy before, also those of you that were in Belgium that came to settle down and you followed me, my prophetic ministry is serious. I know myself. But the reason why I don't want to raise this church as a prophetic church but I want to raise it as a word-based church. It's because the church is lacking the word. I'm so saddened that you are telling me that the first ever disciples got Jesus called Simon Peter. How? You now go go and tell me that it's Andrew. It means that we are not learning. Because the only person we know that was loud, Peter. So we all said that Peter. Peter was not the first disciple Jesus called. The first disciple Jesus called was Andrew. Andrew what? His brother. I know what I'm saying. He was the first person. But if you read the Bible, the Bible was silent on, on Andrew. Why? 
Why was the Bible silent on Andrew? It was Peter, John, Thomas, Matthew. Why was it silent on Andrew? The reason why it was silent in Andrew, you see this house that this house here. Anybody that passes by, see the roofing, see the structure, foundation, nobody sees it. Andrew was the foundation in which Jesus built his discipleship. So being a foundation is done there. But it was him that all the disciples were beat upon. So he carries something that the rest does not even carry. But the Bible was silent because he's buried there. One day we'll talk about it. Amen. That's why you need to read the Bible with understanding. Don't just read the Bible. Amen. How many of you know that every beautiful house is built on foundation? And how many of you know the foundations are not seen? Yes. Let's leave it for another time. Yes, continue. Then you say what? And James of Ephesus and uh -huh. Simon uh -huh. was called the Zealot. He said what? Yes, verse 16. Verse... And Judas, son of James. He said Judas. Son of James. So there were two Judases. Yeah. One, the son of what? James. James. And what? And Judas is Cariot, who became a traitor, a treacherous, baseless, faithless person. Who became person. what? A traitor. A betrayer. An enemy. Jesus caught everybody. But when he got to Judas, the first Judah, the son of James, full stop. The second Judas, they want you to understand what he's talking about. Who, Who became, became a traitor, a treacherous, basely faithless person. Now listen to me. When this thing was being quoted, Judas hadn't betrayed Jesus yet. But it was in the past. <laughs> Who also became what? A traitor. And what? A treacherous, eh? basely, eh? faithless eh? person. So Jesus went and prayed all night, but in the midst of all night, he chose 12 disciples. One was an enemy. None of them could move with him by the divine word of God, aligned with the word of God for him to fulfill his divine destiny. But this one, an enemy, Judah, was the one that caused Jesus to fulfill his assignment on earth by dying on the cross for you and I. So Judas was an enemy, but an enemy became our change agent. Wow. I thought we were going to clap better. I know something saying. Amen. I know something saying. He was an enemy, but he became our change agent. The reason why today I'm standing here preaching is because Judas. An enemy cause and make sure that summit of Jesus was being fulfilled. Why? Because before Jesus came on air, he already knew his assignment. He was going to die for mankind. Because that was the reason why he came to save us from the bondage of sin. Who was supposed to make sure this thing is being accomplished? Not James, not Thomas, not Matthew, not Peter, Judas. And he couldn't use any platform 
to cause him to fulfill his assignment. Betrayer. Amen. Betrayer caused Jesus to fulfill his assignment. If you are here and you have people betraying you, they betray your trust. They betray your love. No shaking. They did it to Jesus. Judas did it to Jesus. But the betrayer of Jesus' love for Judas, that is the reason why we are here today. And that is why you must understand your enemy, your change agent. Wow. I get to what I'm saying. Amen. He was an enemy, but he was an change agent. I don't speak evil of Judas because he has really helped me. If not because of Judas, where would I be? It was his betrayer that caused the Savior to locate me. Amen. So in life, when enemies come around you, watch them with one eye. Some are there to make sure your divine assignment, your purpose in life is being achieved. Some are there planted close to your marriage to make sure your marriage will not collapse, but your marriage will burn as if like it's getting to break down. But in the midst of it, it will be straightened. Some of the enemy will come around you to make sure you will fulfill your divine assignment. When some enemies don't come around you, sometimes you cannot move ahead. You need critics to criticize you wrongly, tarnish your image. For you to know that in this earth that you dwell in, you can't put your trust in a man. Because men change. It's about him. Amen. I know what I'm saying. People what? Change. So it's not every enemy that come around you. That you must pray that no God should take them away. Let some of them be there. They'll push you. Some enemies are pushers of destiny into fulfillment. Unaware. I said what? Some enemies are what? Pushes of destiny. Unaware. They are not aware that what they are doing is to push you. If the devil had knew that by Jesus dying on the cross, he thought that he killed him, but he had no right to kill. That is why he said, I lay down my life and I pick it up. But in the mind of the devil, he said, I kill him. Jesus said, you can't kill me. You don't have that right to kill me. I laid down my life. And the same person that lived down, I pick it off. Amen. So the devil became an enemy to push the destiny of Christ into fulfillment unaware. He was deceiving himself. I kill him. I kill him. He was having a party. In Colossians chapter 1, until Jesus appeared. He said, didn't you kill him? He said, I told you you can't kill me. I laid down my life. I pick it up. Amen. With that opposition in that relationship, 
opposition in that marriage opposition in school opposition in that church opposition in that workplace opposition in that business opposition in that friendship you will not move high let opposition move you high rather than falling amen that's what i'm saying let's move quickly to john chapter 6 john chapter 6 reading from verse 66 john chapter 6 reading from verse 66 he said what from jesus, that time jesus was preaching about his body and also what the blood and listen to me this was the message that jesus preached that a lot of people left his church A message like this, oh, Jesus said that no, communion time. And Jesus was holding communion. Bread year, one year. And he told the people, rise to your feet. And the people got to their feet. And he said, this bread is my body. This wine is my blood. Hey, Angie, look at Catherine's face. Did you hear that? Should I take it again? Then, he went further. He died, eaten of this bread. Eaten of my flesh. And he that drinker of this wine, drinker of my blood. And he shall go no testy, and he shall not hang anymore. He said, hey, didn't I tell you that this church is occult? You see the way they are distributing blood and flesh? Amen. And Bible says that when he made that statement, his disciples, because don't forget that Jesus had a lot of disciples. It was out of those disciples he chose 12. Most of us think that 12 disciples, 12, no, 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 no. He had a lot of disciples. But the Bible says he went into prayer and chose 12. Out of the 12, he even chose what? Three. Out of the three, one was close to him. Out of the 12, he chose Peter, James, and what? John. That is why in Matthew chapter 26, when he was going to pray, the Bible says he took the three along. He said, Tally over here. I, why is I go further? To pray. He came. They were strong. And Bible said, Jesus said, can't you tally with me for one hour? He went back again. And Bible said, he went to pray the same prayer. So when you come to church, a topic is given today, they pray. Next week, the same topic. Say, oh, this topic we have to say to Jesus, he went again to pray the same word. <laughs> Amen. And the Bible said, even in the midst of the three, there was one that was close to him. It was not James. It was not Peter. It was John. Why do you think that the book of Revelation, one of the difficult books to understand, was revealed to him? That is why the guy cannot leave this earth. It's another message for another time. Are you getting me? That is why he can never leave this earth. I'll preach another message on it another time. Amen. Now listen to me. Now listen to me. Then he chose what to wife. Because he had a lot of disciples. Okay. Then he said, continue. Six, six, six. 
After this, many of his disciples drew back, returned to their old associations. Okay, that is it. So the day Jesus preached this message, my body is meat, my, 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 my blood is drink. The Bible says that the people that became prostitutes, the people that were prostitutes, the people that were, 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 were living in their life anyhow, when they heard this message, they withdrew. They went back to their old association. Which means that what they were doing before they met Jesus, they went back to it. Said so this one, and he said, I should give my life to Christ. A man that is an occultic man, telling me blood is drink. His body is bread. How much is bread? How much is wine? And look at what this man is telling me. And the one that even get, got me angry is that when you drink of it, you taste no more. Ah! This man, no, it's like a grandmaster. Amen. Amen. They said the people what went back and they went to their old association. 67. Jesus said to the 12, yes? will you also go away? Are you also going away? And <laughs> do you too desire to leave me? Hmm. Let me tell you, it's not today that people leave church. <laughs> Young pastor's coming. When the time come and I send you to go and open a branch and somebody leave, don't call me daddy. People are leaving. Two things. It is either you're not doing your homework well or you are doing something very right. Wow. Amen. It's not everybody that leaves church. There are some people when they leave church, he said, I'm a, uh, Daddy, I want to leave church. I've gotten another church you want to go. There are some people like that that come to me in Ghana. I said, eh, oh, that's very, what church is that? He mentioned, I said, oh, okay, very good. God, God send you. God take you in Jesus' name. When you go there, if there's any problem, just call on me, eh? When you go, I wave to you. I don't want to see you again because you, you're a bit troublesome. You're too much for me. <laughs> Everything you talk about it. Everything you talk about it. Only you, you, you are the only person that should listen in church. Leadership meeting. Only you. Five against one. You said the five people are not right. Only you are right. So if you are going, bye bye. <laughs> there are some people when they come and they say they are leaving church. You are going away. Sit down. And if you go, we should go and sing. You are leaving for me to go and sing. You are not going anywhere. I'm you are not going anywhere. Why, why are you going? Because there are some people you need them. There are some people. Bye bye. Does it mean that when they go, that is it? Even when they go, they still become an enemy. That is why I've taught pastors over here when a new member comes into your midst, receive them with love, but be very careful how you deal with them. Some of them will come. Your church is very powerful, no? It's very hot. Some of, some of you, your church is very hot. It's very, very hot. <laughs> I like your church. I like your church. I like your church. My church, oh no, they are not good at all. The pastor was another foolish man. And because you two, you want the person to become a member. I said, oh, yeah, our pastor, they are not foolish. It's just a matter of time. They will not be foolish. They will be nonsense. So you have to be very careful how you deal with people. How you deal with people. Amen. Please continue because of time. They said what? Simon said, Peter. Do you also what? Will you also go away? Away, yes. And do you, you two desire to leave me? 68. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? I love this word. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
Which means that if we take you out of our life, we'll become useless and empty. Where are we going? There's no place for us to go. Then he said what? You have the words, the message of internal life. He said you have the words of what? Internal life. Why does Jesus have the words of internal life? Because he himself is the word. So he's telling them, Peter is trying to tell Jesus that no, we have you. The word is safe. The internal life is safe. Where are we going? Where are we going to find one again? When you yourself, you are here. We are close to the internal life. We are close to the word, which is God. How are we going to connect ourselves to somebody else? To get connected to God. When God himself is here with us. Amen. Amen. 69, 69. And 69. we have learned to believe and trust. And more. I love that word. He said we have learned to what? Believe, believe. and trust. And what? And trust Can and more. The then he said what? Also. We, we have come to know surely that you are the Holy One of God. The Christ, the anointed one, Listen the to son me. of the living. He said, Well, we have come to know that you are what? You are sure. And what? Take it. Also, we have come to believe and what Trust. know. Know that what? You are what? Christ. Christ. The Son of the Living God. The living Why God. didn't you use the name Jesus? Hmm. Now listen to me. Why didn't he use the word Jesus? He said. We believe and know that you are Christ, Christ. the spiritual being, the God Himself, hey. the Son of the Living, the living God. God. Because the Son of the Living God is the supernatural being that lives in the body called Jesus. Amen. 70. Amen. The bombshell. Jesus answered 70. them. Jesus answered them. Did I not choose you the twelve? Uh -huh, and yet one of you is a devil. Complete. Of the evil one and the false accuser. <laughs> he said, I chose twelve of you. Mm -hmm. After all night prayer. Kuyo, kuyo, ho, boom, kuyo, boom, kuyo, boom, kuyo, boom, kuyo, boom, Matthew, boom, 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 Thomas, boom, 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 John, boom. And out of it, one of you it's that my devil. father brought online that should add to the twelve. It's a devil. It's a devil. God chose the devil to be part of the twelve to fulfill Jesus' assignment. You need an enemy as a change agent. Amen. Amen. An enemy might change what? Agent. 71, he said what? He was speaking of Judas. He said, let me clarify the thing very well so that you don't confuse that it's all the disciples. I'm talking about Judas. The he said, Jesus said, let me say it well. He spoke of what? Judas. He went even to his background to mention the name of his father. He said, the son of the what? The son of Simon. For it was what? For he was about to betray him, although he was one of the twelve. Although. <laughs> Who told you that everybody that come around you? 
will love you. The fact that they are loving you with their mouth, if you know what is in their hearts. He said, they praise me with their mouth. They honor me with their mouth. But in their hearts, it's mischief. I've seen wives that tell their husband, I love you. What food do you want me to prepare for you? He said, their favorite. He said, okay. Do you want beef in it? He said, yes, I love you. Yeah, your favorite, you know beef. He said, what about Pomo? How many of you know Pomo? You don't know Pomo? Oh, where's Junior? You don't know Pomo? Do you know Pomo? Okay, let me just move from there. Then you put everything. Then whilst the husband is ready to come home, the same wife that said that told the husband, I love you so much. I prepared your favorite. When he finished, he put poison into it. Praising with the mouth, but in the heart, she has already decided what to do. Amen. Everybody needs an enemy one way or the other. Whether from afar or near, you need them. Because my enemy, my change agent. The Bible declares, my last scripture, I'm close. The Bible declares that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, the Bible declares that, and the prophet came to anoint what? David. But in chapter 16, when David was anointed, after anointing, he went back to the bush. Some of you, first anointing, second anointing, you think you are a gang. You come and stand over here, praise God. Rise to your feet. Wave unto me, God is faithful. I'm your MC for today. My name is Apostle Bishop. Evangelist and Prophet One. Amen. The guy was anointed by the instructions of God. But after the anointing, he went back to the bush. To go and do what? Take care of sheep. He came out, out of May. After anointing, went back to May. Which means that this time, after anointing, he's going to take care of the sheep better than the envy before. Why? Because, oh, look at it. Why? Because David was destined to take care of what? Human beings. And humans, we are sheep. And our Lord is the shepherd. So if David is the type of Christ, the shepherd, then physically Nishi to train him as a shepherd to hand the sheep. Oh. So after the anointing, God sent him back into the sheep. You have not finished your course. This is the first paper. This is the second paper. You need a third paper before you pass the exam to become a shepherd to lead my people. Oh, somebody say yes! Now listen. Then after chapter 16 when he was being anointed, chapter 17, 
The Bible says that, and David was sent by his father to go and see if all is well with his brothers. And the Bible says that when David got there, he has been going there because the Bible said that, and saw, see where David now and there. Which means that David has been coming. But this time when David got there, the Bible said that, here lies Goliath. Thick tall. And Goliath was threatening the believers. And David, a small boy, got there and said, who is this man? Is he our new leader? They said, no, he's an enemy. What is he doing? He said, he's threatening the believers. He said, ah. Can I go and talk to him? He said, hey, come back. Small boy. His brothers, other brothers were part and close to King Saul. His brother calls me. They said, come here. You this boy. You this boy. You think you know it all. Even we, your senior brothers, we are scared to go close to such a man. And you, if the green leaves are burning, how much more the dry ones? And the Bible says that, David said, David is a man that anything that he do, he must bargain. He said, what can be done for the one that killed this man? I want to know first. I need the motivation. Then they said that anybody that killed this man, a woman will be given. He said, a woman, please, I'm coming. I'm going. <laughs> Amen. 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 Then David said, when he read from verse 17, 34, he said, David told King Saul. King Saul said, okay, come and take my jacket, my iron, put it on. David said, I don't need these things. All these things are heavy for me. I have never trained with it before. He said, but you cannot fight this guy. He said, boy, <laughs> you don't know me. King Saul, when I was taking care of my father's sheep, I saw lions attacking it. I saw bears what attacking it. I came against them aggressively and I killed them. I have been training the secret yet to manifest in the physical. 34, he said, but David said to Saul, he said what? Your servant of what used what to keep his father's what sheep. And when a lion and what? A bear came and what? Took a lamb. Out of what? The frogs. Oh, what? 35. I went out after it. I went after what? It. And smote it. Yes. And delivered the and lamp. And delivered the lamp. Out of his mouth. That is the reason why. Anytime the devil takes you by his mouth. Christ appears and takes you out from the Amen. mouth of the devil. So salvation is God taking us out from the mouth of the devil. Yes, he said what? And, and he said when what? it arose against me. He said when I took the lamb, they rose up against me. I caught it by his beard and smote it. And I killed. caught it by what? His beard. What is beard? Above. What is what? He said I caught it by what? His beard. beard. Let me tell you something. If you are not a man, you will not understand this thing. <laughs> Any woman that loves his wife or loves his fiancée, one of the places you can use to play is beer. Hey, <laughs> so when you do something very good, they come. Good boy, good boy, good boy. Good boy. 
You go 13 BS. Amen. I know someone saying. Yes, sir. He said, I cut it by what? It's beard. It's beard. And what? And smote it and killed and it. And kill it. Amen. Amen. Then the Bible said, when David said that, King Saul said, okay, you can do the way. Go, let's see. And the Bible said, and David launched forward. And when Goliath saw me, he said, boy, am I a dog that you are coming against me with a stick? He said, yes. I'm going to kill you. And I'll cut off your head. Boldness. Nobody knew David. Even when he was anointed. Remember that before the first anointing, his own father forgot about him. After the first anointing, it was normal to everybody. Nobody remembered him again. In the bush, he was there until he appeared. What birthed out David was this fight. An enemy became the change agent of David. After he put and moved and launched out to kill Goliath, that is where the whole Israel started. Lifted David up. David has killed 10,000. Saul has killed 1,000. Saul became unpopular. And David became popular. Why? An enemy became the change agent. Yes, 